Hey, uh, I'll start by saying Merry Christmas, Happy Festivus. On this podcast, we sit down with Dr. David Sung from uh, Rehab Hero. Uh, Doc Dave is a chiropractor, a strength coach, and a content creator from North York, Ontario. Uh, although he will work with any patients, he does have a soft spot for treating athletes. Uh, his goal is to empower his patients through lifestyle changes exercise programs for them to become healthier, stronger, and simply better. During this podcast, uh, we discuss a bunch of different subjects, ranging from how to properly use a foam roller, turns out I didn't know what the hell I was doing, to the importance of a good desk chair, how important it is to get a good night's sleep, to, funny enough, the religious background of his family and the importance of giving back. Remember that we can be found on all platform at Podcast RJL. So make sure to like our Facebook page, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And don't forget that all of our episodes can be found on rjlp.net. Peace. And we're on, guys. We are here in, it's considered Markham here, right? Markham, yeah. We are with, uh, I will call him a doctor. How do you want, how do you actually want to be called? You, you could just call me Doc Dave. Doc Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so we're sitting here with Doc Dave out of Rehab Hero. I like the name. Thank you. By the way, we'll start by saying congratulations on uh, the new clinic. Looks good. It's going to look good. Uh, I like the little gym setup. I like the whole thing. I like it. Thank you. So what do you, for people that don't know you, what do you specialize in? Um, well, by trade, I'm a chiropractor. Um, but I guess what I'm sort of known for is for uh, enhancing movement performance. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think most people have it in their heads that uh, chiropractors only do adjustments, but actually I'd say about half the time I'm spending time um, going over different types of movements and different types of exercises that you could do on your own mm-hmm. so that you can um, really optimize the recovery or the process of getting to your goals. So what's the type of customers you normally, customers, clients, clients, I think is a better name. Patients, I'd say. Pa- oh, there we go. That's even better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what type of patients would you say you receive on a day-to-day base, like anybody? Uh, yeah, I mean, I treat anyone. Um, anyone can come seek me out. I'd say most of the demograph I see are, um, I guess, adults between the ages of 20 to 40 that really just care about um having an active lifestyle so you so do you so you specialize more in that in that athletes or athletic performances yeah or even people who consider themselves just recreational you know exercisers so but there's a you uh, so from the sounds of it you enjoy the sports component of it yeah i'd say so okay yeah. so i'll use myself as a funny example then um I'm. Uh, I fought for years as an amateur. I've competed in basketball my whole life. My body is a mess. Mm-hmm. Can't even see how this is as straight as I can bring my right arm because I snap my elbow. I snap oh, wow. my forearm. Yeah, I'd had like three surgeries or stuff, but I've never done any physio, right. any chiro. I'm what thirty eight years old and I'm barely starting. I've only been stretching every day for like six months. Yeah, what would you suggest to somebody that's getting older? 
but that still trains every day? Um, I'd say get ahead of it before you feel anything. I think a lot of people are reactive in this way. They only start kind of like working on their hips once their hips feel tight. Yeah, that sounds about me. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds, that sounds <laughs> like, exactly oh like man, me. my knee hurts. Maybe <laughs> I guess I'll start foam rolling now instead of doing it a little bit before. Do you do you recommend the foam rolling? Um, yeah, if you're doing it properly. Uh, it also depends on what your goals are. Not everyone needs to foam roll. So what for the people out there that don't know what a foam, a foam roll is, what do you suggest it for? What's the primary use of it? Um, sometimes you can use it for just some pain relief. Um, other times it can be used to help get your uh, muscle more engaged in the exercise you need it for. Uh, a lot of the time, like a really tight muscle uh, tends to be a weak muscle. So if you roll it out, it loosens up. You can now use it a little bit more effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, so in those instances, just doing a light foam roll on that muscle can help to improve your performance. So just to make sure we're talking about the same thing, the foam roll is, would you consider what you have there? Because normally it's, what, about two and a half feet wide? Yeah. It's about probably a diameter of six, seven inches Yeah. And you literally put it on the ground and let's say my my right hip is tight. Yeah. I will literally lean my whole body where the where the hip is on the roll and I roll myself on the roll. So yeah, I think so I don't actually tell people to roll around on it. Okay. I actually prefer if you just kind of find a tender spot on that muscle that you want to target and then you just sit on it for about thirty seconds. I'm not a big fan of rolling around because um <clears throat> One, you don't really get a chance to relax. And if the whole purpose mm. is to get the muscle to relax and you're tensing your whole body to move around, you kind of defeat the purpose there. Um, the other thing is when you're rolling around, you don't really give the roller a chance to get deep enough. So by just letting your body relax and on the roller, then it sinks deeper into your muscular tissue. Mm-hmm. And like depending on the muscle, right, like your hamstrings or quad can be three inches deep. And so if you're rolling around like how much of that muscle are you really penetrating? Um, whereas if you just sit on it, you're probably going to get a deeper effect. So by sitting, you, you mean that, let's say my, sorry for my language, my ass cheeks are the place that I'm targeting. I would literally sit yeah. on the roll and just stay there. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Wow, and you can, that. you can, um, so why I tend, I tend to get as my patients to what we what we call pin and stretch. So you pin it down with the foam roller and then you, you activate the muscle by getting the leg to move. And so that way you're getting elongation and also contraction of the muscular tissue while it has that compression on it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, so I was, I was not taught properly. Well, <laughs> yeah, I think I never was taught. I, guess. I, I mean, there's a lot of different techniques. I'm not saying mine is the best. I, it's just the one that I prefer to tell people to do. Yeah. And that goes, so why would people roll on it then? Because everybody that I've ever seen in a gym, and believe me, I know how terrible people in gyms are when mm-hmm. it comes to form techniques and the way they just implement their, implement their workouts. So right. all the ones that I've seen were always, there's always a movement to it. Yeah, I I think in part that's because the people teaching it aren't, you know, doctors. <laughs> <laughs> are you trying to say that it that you should study what you teach i oh yeah I, <laughs> i think you have to have a pretty good understanding and like i said um that type of foam rolling probably feels good so a lot of people hmm. will do it I, i don't i don't there's no study to prove that the way i like to teach people is any more effective so 
I wouldn't say that, but it, I just personally find based off of like just theory and stuff like that, it's just more effective. Um, but like I said, there's no research to back that up. Yeah, but sometimes, you know, hypothesis are needs to be confirmed. Yeah. So without somebody trying it, how do you know that it doesn't work? Yeah, it's it's all anecdotal evidence, but, you know, still useful. Everything starts as anecdotal <laughs> evidence, right? It's over time that it becomes people will study it and make and confirm that it works or it doesn't work. Yeah. But it takes professional to try it and patients to try it in order to confirm, right? Yeah. What's the... Um, out of everything, because especially I think we were talking, you were talking about that with with uh, Miriam before the podcast, the um, the COVID situation. Yeah. What's the biggest pain that comes out of it? I would imagine it's back pain, the biggest problem coming Ooh, out of it. Yeah, well, I mean, I would say back pain, yeah. But I mean, or I, I would say more like spine pain in general. So like neck, upper back, low back, like any of the muscles that are kind of controlling your spine are a little bit tighter in most people these days and that's mostly because of like bad desk setups at home or being on the laptop versus like a keyboard and big screen mm -hmm. um also people aren't like gyms are closed so people aren't exercising as much if they were or even just working from home right comparing to uh working at the office like at the at the office you would at least get up and walk more than 10 feet <laughs> to get to the bathroom but at home it's like three steps away so you're barely even walking in your home and um just the fact that if people were living sedentary lifestyles before it's way worse now the, 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 it's funny you say that there's a guy at work which i'm not gonna name was proud of how few steps he was he was taking every day yeah. like he was actually proud i'm like <laughs> there's a lot of things you should be proud of that is not one of them yeah but um Maybe they're really big steps. <laughs> no, he's a super short guy, so I, I doubt it. The um, You're talking about the office setup. How important is, in your opinion, is a chair? How important is a quality chair, like especially a desk quality yeah. chair? I mean, like a good quality chair will go a long way um, if everything else is constant. So if you're not going to move around and stuff like that, if you're yeah. not going to get up, then it matters a lot uh, it matters more so um it's funny a lot I, a lot of the time if it's within my patient's budgets i always tell them to buy a gaming chair mm -hmm. because gaming chairs are already set up really ergonomically um but honestly just getting up and moving around is so much more effective than getting a better chair so getting up and moving around so mm -hmm. so basically if i'm hearing you correctly you're saying that every amount of minute you should get up and do something like just move around yeah. so that your back moves yeah just so you're feeding your your back some movement right so every half an hour to an hour if you get up do a stretch it doesn't have you don't have to spend like a ton of time to it but yeah. as long as you're not just holding that same position for eight hours uh, it's funny because I, I talk about that and we both adjust our <laughs> posture while we're sitting here it's like oh better move now <laughs> It, but but it's true. It's always yeah. like that, right? It's yeah. when you're reminded of something, you're just, oh, right? Yeah. But you can normally feel that you're slouching. Yeah. I mean, slouching is not the most terrible thing. It's just holding holding any position, even holding like the most perfect posture. If you hold that for eight hours, your back is still going to be sore. Yeah, because it's not moving enough. Yeah, right? you're, well, you're just, you're just gaining the muscles to do the same thing for eight hours. Yeah, true. And it's all about the supporting muscles too, right? Yeah. Everything needs to be engaged. It's not just your back, but everything around it needs to be built. And it's like after 
so many hours, the muscles are eventually going to start fatiguing. And once they're fatigued, if you don't give them a break, then it ends up being, you know, that's when you start feeling aches and soreness and stuff like that. Do you recommend, because as, uh, as somebody that's been hitting the gym for, well, 20 years maybe, and I, I'm a Muay Thai instructor as well, so one thing that I've noticed is a lot of people have bad bags because they have a poor stomach like they have a poor um, their abdominal muscles are weak yeah so do you see that a lot in uh, in your patients where the front needs to be built to compensate like to kind of e to create an equilibrium i think is the word right um yeah i with when it comes to like a bad back and stuff like that it, it can be really complex there are Like it's one of the most complex issues in the world uh, in terms of in terms of uh, pain mm -hmm. uh, and dealing with it and recovering from it. Um, definitely having like adequate core strength um, can be helpful. I wouldn't say it's the only thing involved though, but I, I do see it a lot. But sometimes, man, I get like a guy with wicked core strength, like hold up playing five minutes, perfect form, and he has terrible back pain. So sometimes it's not just about you know strengthening the front. So what would it be? What do you look... So in the situation that you're describing, because yeah. I'm that person right there. Yeah. I have a very strong core, but yeah. my back is always hurting. Yeah. And so exactly, right? Um, it, it, what I usually do is I get a person to do a movement screen or a movement assessment, and we try to find any like um, compensational patterns in the movement. So let's say... You, so let's say a movement requires a certain amount of upper back rotation, mm -hmm. but you're not doing it there, and instead you're using your back, yeah. your low back, then yeah. obviously if you have a predisposition to overutilize your low back instead of the rest of your body, it's going to fatigue, it's going to ache. So, well, it, you're making it sound extremely complicated to diagnose the problem. <laughs> If I'm hearing you correctly, it yeah. is not a simple solution. No, everyone is different and quite different too. Yeah. So you really have to do custom, custom programs, custom analysis for every single patient that you, yeah. that you deal with. Yeah. I mean, if you want to get your patients better as fast as possible. <laughs> yeah. So, With that said, so we were talking about office chairs. You're talking about gamer chairs. I have a Ehrman Miller. Okay. I've had it for three years, and I got to say, best thing I've ever owned. Yeah. Like when it comes to my back, mm -hmm. it changed the way I feel from having a two, $300 chair. Yeah. Ehrman Millers are a bit stupid expensive. Yeah, like They're I know. like $1,500, $1,600. They're yeah. crazy expensive. Yeah. But the adjustability of them that's just... that's the main thing in a chair uh, the fact that you can customize that chair to you mm -hmm. that's the instead of you trying to compensate for whatever the chair is yeah. yeah so so i'm hearing chair has a component but you're you're thinking that moving around is as is equally as important if not more important yep Do you suggest to your clients to stretch every day, like to stretch every morning, for example, when uh, they get up? Stretch? I wouldn't say that. I, only stretch if you need to. So mm. um, the funny thing is like a lot of the research out there doesn't really suggest that if you're more flexible, you have less pain. So Seriously? It's, yeah, no, it's not It's not 100% correlated. It, it still depends on a, a, a select few other variables. Mm -hmm. It's when it's combined together it might matter, but... 
stretching by itself won't necessarily help to relieve pain, but it's still better than just doing nothing. So, because I, yeah, oops, sorry, sorry, continue. I was about to say, if the, <laughs> if the alternative is to do nothing or to stretch, <laughs> then I'm going to say to stretch, yeah. Because since COVID and the gyms were closed for quite a while, I had to investigate new new ways of keeping my back my my back stronger. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, for some reason, I was never the biggest fan of stretching. Like even though I yeah. would do martial arts ten times a week, between yeah. that and the gym, I would train about ten times. Yeah, I wasn't stretching that much. Yeah, I don't I, stretch either. No, no, not really. I discovered, uh, do you know anything about Kundalini Yoga? No, not a thing. So it's more old school yoga. It's not like the yoga you see today where everybody's wearing spandex and uh, Mm -hmm. holding poses and stuff like that. They believe in uh, movement through breathing. Yeah. So it it looks strange. Like, honestly, I I did a little video for one of my buddies that's down east and I sent it to him and I apologized before (laughs) I sent it. I'm like, I'm really sorry. This does not look good, but I'm telling you, but it changed my back. Yeah. It takes, I do, I have four exercises. I do them like two minutes a day, Mm -hmm. uh, two minutes each every morning. I wake up. This is the first thing I do. Mm -hmm. My back is almost as good as it was in my 20s. That's awesome. Because there's some days I went, I'm bald and I shave my head with a with a razor every yeah. day. I used to have to put my hand on the counter right. in order to wash my face or to shave because I couldn't bend forward. Yeah. Honestly, I think uh, people really underestimate how important uh, proper breathing and learning how to control breathing mm. is with pain. Like, I can't tell you the number of patients that have like chronic neck pain, back pain, you know, for years. And all it took was just some breathing exercises and they're way better. It's it's a huge component that's really underestimated. Have you uh, heard of the? Do you are you somebody that reads a lot in your free time? No, I don't do a ton of reading. Do you have you heard of James Nestor? No. There, he released a book a few months ago uh, called Breathe. Right. And honestly, if the audio, even if you don't read, but you're the type that likes podcasts or audiobooks, I I, I did both. Yeah. Is one of those books that you can easily do an audiobook and just have it in your in your ears as you're doing something else, but. Right. Wow, this is a book that should be, I think that book should be taught to kids. Honestly, I think a lot of stuff should be taught to kids. I, th- I think gym teachers need to be like, um, need to know the stuff in more detail. Because that's like how many of us were taught how to, you know, do exercises correctly when we're young. And building habit all starts when you're kids. Like how many of us brush our teeth now because we learned it as a kid. Yep. And we still, we don't put a second thought into brushing our teeth. We just do it. Like, why isn't exercise like that? I think it comes down to over-specialization. I think that's the problem that happens. And it's not just in gyms. It's everything. Yeah. You don't get people to... We're so focused on specializing on one single thing that we kind of forget to step out and just look at the whole... Take the human body as a whole instead of... Only my back pain, yeah. only my muscle, yeah. my diet really set up a component of the whole view of the body and see all those little things that intertwine with each other mm-hmm. to make a stronger body. Because mm-hmm. I think that's what we forget. Yeah, I think so. I think I think a lot of people are good up until they hit university. And then <laughs> once that happens, people just fall off. Like yeah, I think that's... most people I know exercise in elementary school, running around in recess, right? Yeah, yeah. High school, even, you know, 
playing sports teams or mm-hmm. even gym class dodgeball yep. it's still happening yep. in high school but as soon as we hit university it just goes to poop it's like a lot of people just don't do any exercise anymore and then that carries on into adulthood that's unfortunate yeah it is well one thing i can tell you through martial arts i think one of the reasons why it's so hard to stop martial arts once you found a good school yeah. is because of the camaraderie like the how do you say that in like English? the community around it exactly because yeah. you're building you get I, i've said it so many times on this podcast because i'm a big fanatic of martial arts mm-hmm. but you learn so much from punching somebody in the face or getting <laughs> punched, like the relationship that you build with somebody that you sweat with you train with yeah it I think it's very, those people will never stop. Yeah. Like they will continue until the day they probably die to do some type of exercise. Yeah. You know, that's the thing though, like with exercise, I think a lot of people have this idea that it has to be like uh, lifting weights in the gym, but it doesn't have to be that. It could be anything. And as long as you enjoy it, you know, and having friends that you do it with, it's going to make it easier for sure. Well, the gym, it's funny you say that because the gym portion is vanity. And yeah. I'm somebody that's been going to the gym for about 20 years. Yeah. I, it will teach you to look good. Yeah. Like to look good. It will, it will, uh, when you take your clothes off, you look awesome in front of a mirror. Yeah. But most of us don't train, um, we don't train stuff that will build muscle that will be useful in other activities. Like we mostly try to pack on as much muscle as we can. Yeah. I think it, I think it depends. Like, um, I, for one, I, I, I started, lifting weights when i was in high school yeah and that was for the so girls last year last year the year before <laughs> yeah, <that's it. laughs> uh, but uh now i just love lifting weights i don't know what it is about it i i don't know if it's the endorphin rush yeah. recovery after or if it's just like hey i just bench press 250 for the first time and getting like just certain goals reaching uh reaching goals that way but i like it and maybe it's because i started young um but yeah you're right there isn't a ton it's hard to say because uh, I meet a lot of people that says, oh, this exercise is not very functional. And functional, thank you. Oh, that's yeah. the word. They I would was, always say that. But, that's the word I was looking for. But here's the thing, though. I would argue that um, no single exercise is really functional to, to daily life. And, I, and here's, here, I'll, I'll, I'll expand on this more. Um, for example, even if you were to train um, running to yep. become a marathon runner, right? Uh-huh. How much of that is functional to your daily life? Unless your daily life's to run from something, probably not. <laughs> so <laughs> I have not like much. I always have to ask people, what do you mean by functional? Like break this down for me, right? Yeah. Because on one end, yeah, you do develop muscular strength from just lifting weights, of course, which is very protective, particularly in the elderly. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, in, in the um, elderly uh, population, the number one outcome measure, or one of the top outcome measures, I should say, that uh, distinguishes someone uh, from being um, independent or mm. disabled is quad strength. Seriously. Well, yeah. they, they do hold that in back. They do hold your whole body. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it makes sense because quad strength, uh, as a measurement, like, as we know, like, um, falling down and breaking a hip is fatal for a lot of older people. True. And so having the quad strength to just hold your body up is very protective, right? So working out your legs in that respect doesn't, how much of that matters if, if it's a functional movement or not. Studies say it doesn't really matter. As long as you have the strength, you're good. That's what I was going to say. So it's basically building the muscle to protect what's hiding be- like underneath it is what yeah. you're saying. And, and, you know, just having the strength to just kind of hold you up. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. So we should, uh, so basically elderly, you're talking what people in their 60s, 70s is um, 60s elderly? Because my mom's in her 60s. I'm going to make fun of her <laughs> if she's considered elderly. But. Yeah, honestly, it's never too late to exercise. It could be, uh, the elderly population, I would say, um, in this aspect would be anyone who is at risk for osteoporosis and stuff mm. like that. So weaker bones because mm -hmm. it's thumb that who falls down, breaks oh, a hip right, and stuff that like that, sense. right? So, um, but you want to get ahead of this because even muscle strengthening is, it helps to delay the loss of bone mineral density. Yeah. Yeah. It delays that from so, happening. So do you recommend, do you work with a dietitian? Like, do you have somebody that you know that you recommend your, uh, your client, your customer, ah, sorry, your patients too? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do have my go-tos. Um, I would admit Uh, talking about nutrition doesn't come up every day. Okay. But um, even myself, I do have um, a background knowledge in that kind of stuff. So I do talk about it. If mm. need be. So do you consider it as important as good posture, working out, training, whatever it is that you do to keep yeah, your body? Yeah, man, up? what you eat matters so much. Yeah, I'm happy to hear that because it is, I, I'm not a professional, but I've been careful about my diet for almost 20 years. Now. Makes a big difference. It's a it's a game game changer. Like it yeah. changes absolutely everything. It mm -hmm. drives Miriam absolutely crazy because <laughs> I'm a mad person when it comes to it. But this is also why I'm almost forty and I'm in better shape than most twenty years old. Yeah, you know, good, good. Um, there's three things I would always say: like get some exercise, have a good diet, and get some good amount of sleep, and you're good to go. Yeah, that's another thing. Uh, th thank you for bringing that up because that is another thing we take for granted the shitty so. sleep that we have that's when your recovery happens <laughs> when do you expect to recover if you're not sleeping well funny enough i'm gonna suggest another book to you then I i'd be that, that one i'd be very curious if, if it's a, something you speak about there's a can't remember the name of the guy but it's called why we sleep Mm -hmm. the guy is a neuroscientist if i remember correctly that's what he studies so he studies okay. brainwave patterns yeah and he specializes in sleeping right his his book changed the way i sleep because I, i i'm not a good sleeper like i'm a very light sleeper unfortunately right. but his book changed the way i sleep mm -hmm. i thought i was sleeping okay yeah And then since then I've had, like I bought a Fitbit to just get my heart rate and it, it just builds graphs of how I slept. Right. Wow. That book, that's, I want to do a book, like a book recommendation, like do a book review out of this one. Yeah. But if you ever get that chance, I'd be curious to see what you think as a professional, what you think about it. Yeah. Honestly, sleep matters a lot. Like, um, for myself and my personal experiences, one of the things that changed my sleep was just uh, not sleeping with an alarm clock. He talks about that. Yeah. I just I just make sure I plan out to sleep, you know, seven to eight hours of when I want to wake up, and I just let my body wake up on its own, and I've never felt better. You know why, right? I don't know all the nitty-gritty details, but, yeah. He explains it. He touches that in the book. Yeah. And he he calls it, it's basically torture to your to your system you're basically forcing your system to wake up yeah you're, it's a high amount of stress that you're putting on the body thank you it is very stressful and not only that but you got people like miriam that does it she snoozes snoozes oh is even worse so not only do you do it <laughs> not only do you do it once yeah. but you 
keep on shocking your body yeah. and stressing it and stressing yeah. it and stressing it. Well, like I feel like this is why when you hear your alarm clock go off at like a random time of the day, yeah. you just all of a sudden really hate that noise. It's almost like you want to throw your yeah, phone I, in the I, wall. I feel like throwing up. <laughs> like it's just like what is like this often happens when I used to have an alarm clock. Um, it was the same ringtone that a lot of other people would have just on their phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And oh, so, not so, oh <laughs> my god, it was torture. Out here, I'm like, oh, why do I feel so stressed all of a sudden? And then, <laughs> not so much now. Now that I don't sleep to an alarm clock anymore, but that's smart what you're saying because that's one of the principle. I, I, I'm a early, uh, early waker early waker yeah i guess it makes sense mm-hmm. i always wake up at six no matter what time i go to bed my body likes to get up at six yeah that's great oh that's where my my brain works ask me about four o'clock five o'clock in the afternoon to do something yeah. that my brain is related i'm not happy. <laughs> yeah. but one of the principles that he talks about in his book and it's funny you say that not only is it the stressor of your alarm system but he explains that back let's say a couple hundred years ago yeah. we would because now electricity is really messing up with our brains. Like right. it's really keeping us up all the time. It's the circadian rhythm that yeah. it's always affected by light. Right. Especially LED lights. You got to be careful. Supposedly they're even worse. Right. Yeah. But but he explains how that's how they did it before. So they go to bed just after the, just after the sun goes down mm-hmm. because the temperature seems to go down. Mm-hmm. And you want to sleep a degree below your body temperature so mm-hmm. that you sleep so that the little cold makes you more sleepy. Yeah, yeah. And not only that, but you get up, you just naturally let your body, it doesn't matter if it's seven hours or 10 hours, yeah. just naturally let it get up. Mm-hmm. Do, do you see a massive difference since you've Big been Big difference. The- Big difference. Yeah. My, uh, just everything. I'm less stressed, less, less anxious. Irritability is lower, mm. you know able to think clearer yeah. i actually wake up and when i wake up i i'm actually capable of working right away yeah, yeah, yeah i don't yeah. need no warm-up or anything like my days usually like i wake up six or seven and i'm already like by the time it's even 10 p.m i've done more work than most people waking up so you mean 10 a.m oh, yeah yeah sorry 10 a.m because yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a long day seven yeah, to not, ten. so i mean i always work until i, I work all the time but um yeah, in the first four, five, four or five hours of the day, I get more work done than most people do in the whole day. So, it's interesting you say that because yeah. I have that thought all the time. Yeah. When I was uh, still meeting customers on a day to day basis, I would be at the gym six o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. By the time I get to the office at eight or nine, or let's say I get to the office at nine, normally I've meditated, I've been to the gym. Mm-hmm. I've walked my dog for like an hour mm-hmm. and I've actually read for about an hour. So I've been up for four hours already. Yeah. By the time people get to the office and they're all crusty eyes exactly, and they're like, yeah. and I'm like, well, I've been up for, I've yeah. been very productive already. And then, and then they always say, man, ha- like I never have enough time in my day. <laughs> oh, don't, don't <laughs> get me, don't <laughs> get me started on that one. You know how many times as an instructor, I've heard people tell me I don't have the time to do this. I don't have yeah. the time to do that. And my comment is always the same. How much time did you spend in front of the TV yesterday? Yeah. I, I, I've read <laughs> something once. Um, actually, it was a friend of mine that posted this. And he was like, instead of saying, I don't have the time to do X, Y, Z, replace that statement with, I do not consider this a priority. Bang. This and, is a, and see how your life changes. <laughs> this is exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. It is all of matter of setting priorities. Yeah. What is important to you? Exactly. That just means that working out or eating it well. It just wasn't there. 
No. It's just not a priority. Not not right now, not yet at least, but maybe one day. Yeah. Do you um cuz that's something I go I I go back to this all the time. Do you see people blaming uh not blaming themselves for their failures when it comes let's say to their let's say to their body they're going to say oh my back hurts because of this because of that because of this not because they didn't make it a priority? Do you see that a lot? Um I think I think no no I, I it depends on the person right yeah. like um i actually have been lucky in that a lot of the patients that see me take responsibility of their own body a little bit yeah. more they're like i know it's because i sit in front of a computer for eight hours and i'm like okay at least you know that <laughs> and and then they're like what can i do to stop and break this cycle so i i've been lucky but i think part of that's because i've kind of marketed like the the way I've marketed my clinic and my brand is that, you know, all of it comes down to personal ownership of what you're doing in the day and seeing what you can do to change your life. Yeah. Very happy to hear that. Yeah. But I guess it makes sense because if people come to see you, they already realize that there's an issue and yeah. they want to. So the, the first few steps, if you look at it like a 12 step programs, they're yeah. already ahead. They know there's a problem. Yeah. They just want to fix what the problem yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. Um, you must get some really, really cool letters or email. Well, letters. Wow. We're in the 1900s now. <laughs> People writing you letters, yeah. but you must get some really cool comments when it comes to text emails or whatever from clients, uh, oh, sorry, patients Yeah, from patients saying, do you get that? People like you changed their life. This yeah. It's, um, yeah, I, I pretty much almost daily. I get that in my, uh, DMS on Instagram at least. Uh, people always reach out and be like, listen, I've had this thing for like six months, one year, and this one post like cut the pain in half or got rid of it completely. It's It feels good to read that for sure, yeah. Do you want to plug it in so that people can follow it? Like oh, yeah, so my uh, handle is um, at Rehab Hero, and that's it, yeah. <laughs> wow, I should have known that. Yeah. It's literally, I can see it right in front of me on the yeah. business card. <laughs> it's on the business card, it's everywhere, yeah. It's a good name, by the way, I like it. Thank you. Or you're the hero. Because there's no S at the end, so no, you're the hero? No, I'm not the hero. You're your, so my, <laughs> I named it that because I wanted people to be their own heroes, you know? They, it's about, you know, discovering your inner movement potential and knowing that you, there's more to what you can do than you think you can do. So you really want to empower people. Yeah, it's, it's um, I think it's the most important thing. Yeah, one of the most important things is to empower my patients uh, to take care of themselves, you know? I'm... I, I don't consider myself the hero. I'm just a guide, you know. I'm pointing you in the right direction. Um, it's up to you to take the steps to go there with me, you know. Do you, um, do you, so I, I might go spiritual on you on this one, but mm-hmm. do you realize that that's probably why you're as successful as you are? Just the statement that you, you didn't make it about me, me, me. You, you see it. You know, they say a great leader is not somebody that tells other people, to do something yeah they lead by example they help others they work with those people they're yeah. down in the trenches with them yeah do you think that's why you're successful uh maybe <laughs> i have i haven't really thought about it too much um i know like just growing up i came i came from my mom is super catholic she's super religious and she's you know ingrained into my brain you know you got to help people and that's what life is about helping others and and so i guess just 
I just really want to just help people. <laughs> and for me, that's where I get a lot of my own personal fulfillment um, is being able to get people, you know, out of pain or realizing that they can do a lot more with themselves. And I do, I, I guess I do believe in a sense that um, the more you give the world, the more you'll receive in a way, but I don't, I don't do what I do because of that. <laughs> I, I would say, yeah. That's a beautiful thing though. Yeah. That is, um, I strongly, strongly believe there's, um, shit, I'm going to reference another book yet. There's a uh, think and grow rich written by Napoleon Hill in 1920, 1930. Right. And that's one of the things that one of the chapter, there's about 12 or 13 chapters. And one of them is dedicated to giving back Yeah. to really be doing, you get what you put out there, but it's extremely important to give back. Like I believe in karma. Yeah. I believe there's uh one of my buddies we uh we met a few podcasts ago um saying he has a rule the 5149 rule. Yeah. He gives for he gives 51% of everything. Yeah. And on average he receives 49. Yeah. But he leaves that 2% out there and it says that he's a real estate agent. Yeah. He now owns his own business. He has like 15 people working underneath right. him like very happy. I'm always happy to see successful people. Right. And he attributes it to that. Yeah. Too. I think it's really important. Yeah. Um, I don't think, you know, I think like, even though if we live in like a capitalistic society and stuff like that, um, I, I always do. I think you will always be more successful giving than, than always taking. Um, and, and, and maybe not purely financial, but I think just like mentally or spiritually, you, you'll be more fulfilled that way too. A hundred percent. We have to, although that we can argue this one, but I don't think that's the whole point of this podcast. We yeah. can argue uh, capitalism, but the I'm a I I understand why capitalism works compares to others, but there's yeah. certain there's people that take if if you look at leaders of big enterprises, they're yeah. often sociopath. Yeah, this is the reason why they're capable of achieving such a high. This is the problematic. The problematic is not capitalism, is that the people that are good at it <laughs> good at it are becoming almost gods to every people and we want to emulate what they do. Right. I could never do that. I will I've had a small business. I'll I'll be a small business owner the rest of my life, right. but I will never be able to not know the name of the people I work with because you without that association, that's where a sociopath is capable of how can you cut people's jobs and not worry about anything else than the bottom line? Yeah. That's the problem. I think that's, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. But coming back to what you're saying, I'm, would you, would you say that it's really the fact that your mother's a Catholic and she ingrained that in you, just like brushing your teeth, like you were saying earlier, <laughs> it's just I, I second think so. nature. My natural reflex is to help someone. I think, and I think that's for the large part, why I became a chiropractor and not just some like, you know, some, any other job that doesn't really contribute to society in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and more specifically a chiropractor, cause you're helping someone literally right in front of you. Um, I think that's, a, it played a large role in my career path and just like day-to-day -day interactions. Like I, I, I want to make sure everyone's on their way to wellness. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a great way to see it. The, um, can we touch about the religion aspect of things? I'm just, I'm just, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm not religious, but I'm extremely spiritual. Yeah. 
What what does um, so as your mother that's a Catholic is she is she practicing like does she's she go a, to yeah, church? Yeah, she goes to church even like more than just on Sundays kind of thing. Yeah, know? yeah. My my her sister my aunt is a nun too. Like she, seriously, yeah. She she comes from a very uh, religious family. My my mom. Yeah. Were they raised here? Were they raised in Canada? Or uh, you... No, they were raised in Korea. Yeah. Okay, so you were born here. I was born here. So your so your mother immigrated here. Yeah, in her twenties. Okay, so it's been, I would assume you said you're in your 30s, so she's probably... She's been here for like a solid 35 to 40 years, yeah. So Korea, and I've never been to Korea, maybe one day. I've never been there either. Oh, no? no. You've never been to South Korea? No. Hopefully you've never been, you never have to go to North Korea. No. Well, actually, it's funny because um, my, my, if you look at my family tree, um, I'm actually half North Korean. Seriously? Yeah, my, my grandfather managed to escape and leave during um before coming to canada kind of thing or south korea and then actually i think he went to china first and then south korea and then back here but don't quote me on that <laughs> wow that's that's interesting yeah can't imagine what uh what uh kim jong-un is the guy right now i think yeah or kim jong Hill, i think was the father i don't remember but what well, can't imagine living in a country like that that is craziness yeah i can't either but good for him for uh, have to doing to do what he had to do to get out of there, and obviously he he was successful since he has. Uh, yeah, I'm alive because of it. So <laughs> that is a well, that's a very interesting story. Yeah. So your your aunt is a nun. Yep. Like to this day, she's still a nun. She's now? still a nun. Yeah. I don't know which country she's in. You know, okay, so but... she's not in Canada. No, I don't think so. You know how they kind of just send you to different like yeah, yeah, yeah. different missions and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So she she's living somewhere different depending on where they send her. That would make for a great Instagram account. <laughs> the, the life of a the life of a nun. You're yeah. just going at places. I, you know, I can understand to a certain point why people do it. Yeah, I I, I can too. I've thought about it. Not that I'm interested in any yeah. stretch of the imagination, but I can understand why people want to dedicate themselves to a higher power yeah i everyone has a different sense of uh fulfillment and duty so you know i can see that happening as well yeah if you can take the monetary aspect the the belong like the materialistic aspect out of something yeah and just do something for the love of of doing doing it that's beautiful if you well, it seems to me that um, you found something, you found a passion of yours, which is great. Yeah, Cause I, most I people, was lucky that way. <laughs> no, I don't think you were. I don't believe in luck. I don't believe. <laughs> I don't believe in luck. I don't believe in coincidences. The way you're talking, you deserve what you're getting right now because Thanks. you put it out. Thank you. You put it out there, which I'm very happy. Miriam recommended we speak to each other. You're. Um, I like the way you think. Thanks. There's a uh, no bullshit type of a pro- as, as much as you're a lot more polite than I am. You're <laughs> <laughs> there's a you don't there's a no bullshit approach. You you've never considered why you're successful. That's that's interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't even consider myself successful. <laughs> I'm happy, but I wouldn't. I, yeah, it's weird. I feel like success is something that's always kind of fleeting. It's once you've kind of achieved success for me personally, I feel like I always want more in a way. Um, so I I'm happy, but I, I don't consider myself successful by any means yet. What would it mean for you to be successful? 
I don't even know that yet. <laughs> That's the thing. But um, uh, for me, like the whole point of opening up this clinic was kind of to push the industry forward. Uh, too many times I've seen patients be like, you're the, you're my last chance at trying to get better. This is what I've experienced. And too many times I would hear experiences of like people being treated by different types of practitioners and the treatment really like that was rendered is just straight up not effective enough. And, and some of it's behind the times and there's research to show that's behind the times. And, but to this day, people are still receiving that kind of treatment. And that kills me because, um, my parents, for example, like earned every dollar that they make based on their time. So, um, and, and I can't imagine someone like my parent going to get treatment from like a, another practitioner only to receive substandard treatment and, and treatments aren't cheap, right? Like the going rate in Toronto, is like 70 to $80 for every half hour or so one treatment plan of like six sessions is easily over 300 bucks. And mm-hmm. for someone to spend that money only to receive substandard treatment, it kills me inside. And and that's why I'm kind of, I created this clinic. I wanted people to get what they deserved. Um, yeah. Cause you know, unfortunately money is hard to earn and I don't want people to be wasting it, I guess. What makes you, I don't want to say what makes you different. I don't, cause I don't believe in difference. I'll, I'll say it. What makes you better than other chiropractors? Uh, is that what you, I call you a chiropractor? I'm a chiropractor. Okay. Yeah. So uh, what makes you better than, uh, other clinics? Sorry to put you on the spot. I can see no, you guys can't see I, that. I don't face. like, to, I don't like to say we're better. That's why. Uh, yeah. But by saying you're different, but the results are better, just call a spade <laughs> a spade. You're better than other clinics. So what I, you, I'll say this, um, for, for better or worse, um, regardless of whether it's better or not, um, this clinic, what we aim to do is, to give you the best treatment possible, you know, and the best treatment plan possible using, you know, the newest available evidence. And if that means that, you know, one day we have to change the way we treat because it's considered no longer effective, then we'll do just that. It's called adaptability. Yeah. We were just talking about that. We were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Every single, you know what, um, for the people that are going to listen to those podcasts, it doesn't matter who I'm speaking to. I'm choosing the people we, like we choose the people we speak to because, we know what we have a very good idea of what they're going to say. Right. Like I'll be honest with you. I refuse to spend my time talking to people that are not going to bring a positive message. I don't want to be in a situation where I continue the negativity that my Facebook feed has become. Yeah. And I'm very, I'm always happy to hear people like you speak the way you do. Thank you. Cause you have to, as you're humble in what you're saying. I can tell you from a third party's perspective that I know exactly why you're successful. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that you're not cocky about it makes it even sweeter. <laughs> do you have um do you have any plans to cuz I know you just moved here? Yeah. Like in your new clinic. Do you have any uh have you seen a growth? Have you seen what does it mean for you cuz I would imagine that before you were renting? Uh no, actually um most most practitioners, both physio, chiro, um, even massage therapists, they work uh, commission based for all these clinics. So um, in Toronto, clinics would take between forty to fifty percent of um, any money that you yeah, yeah. 
uh, you bring into the clinic. Uh, so yeah, that's, I was, I was working, um, via contract for two other clinics before opening up my own. Yeah. So basically it's like, uh, I'm a, I'm heavily tattooed and that's how they do it too. Yeah. It, it's, you know, 50%. It's, yeah. It's commission based. So we sell you a chair. We rent you a chair in a way. Yeah. So now you're your own boss there. Are you the only chiropractor in here right now? I am, but I, Hopefully, you know, as the team grows, that changes. Yeah. So you're looking to charge somebody else 50% now? No, I would be a little <laughs> bit more generous than that. <laughs> I'm just messing. <laughs> but that's, that's what being a business owner is, right? Yeah, in a way. Yeah, there's um, a lot of it. There's a lot that goes into it for sure. Yeah. How do you like it compared to before? Do you like it better? Uh, honestly, I, I do. Um, it's just it's just better to have a larger say in what goes on in the daily operations of the clinic and stuff like that. Like, um, a lot of the clinics I've worked at in the past, like for example, wouldn't have a squat rack in the clinic. And and for me, that's important because, um, I, I like to treat patients that care about, um, fitness. So yep. a lot of the time someone will come in and be like, Oh, like my back hurts really bad, particularly after ideas doing squats. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, well, Show I kind of need to see how your squat <laughs> looks then. And and if you don't, if you're, if you don't have that in the vicinity, then, then you kind of like chasing rainbows and at some point, because how are you going to help this person correct a heavily loaded squat? If you don't know what that looks like. That makes way too much sense. Doesn't it? Yeah. So you've been here for how long now? How long have you had your clinic? This honestly, like this is five days in. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. We just opened like five days ago here nice yeah so we basically are seeing the the beginning of your dream yeah honestly like i'm still missing half my like the equipment you see this should be twice as much yeah. it's still coming in the mail but because of the pandemic yeah everything everything is back ordered yeah you know i was uh, speaking to one of my buddies the other day he's been wanting a gym for about 20 years now he owns two of them nice And we were doing a podcast in his reception area. It was awesome. But I realized as we're talking that I was literally sitting in his dream. Oh, yeah. Like philosophically, I'm just, I'm just there as he's talking. I'm like, man, I've known you for 12 years. Yeah. And finally, you got what you deserve. I'm sitting within your own dream. It was very satisfying for yeah. some reason. Do you realize that that's what you are doing right now? That as we speaking now, you Every are in your day, dream? Every day, man. Every day. I'm not taking this for granted at all. Yeah, after five days, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine that, eh? <laughs> I'm already... <laughs> Over it already. What's next? <laughs> five days. In. But it's... Man, it really, really looks good. Thank it's you. Good. I can see uh, as much as you're saying that you don't have all the equipment. It's going to be... Uh, it's going to look great. Thank you. What's the What's next? What do you think is next for you after? Because I know, obviously, you need to do some work on the place here. But. Yeah. Um, well, right now, out of this clinic, I'm the only one working here, but hopefully um, can grow a team. And I actually, a large reason why I wanted my own clinic was the was being able to mentor other practitioners to kind of um, learn the ways in a, in a way of, of how they can become, you know, um, part of the process and learn and learn from them and teach them also everything that goes on in the clinic and what it takes to get someone better. So right now, how long have you been doing this for? If I can ask, I graduated two years ago from chiropractic college. Okay. And yeah. did you have good mentorship? 
I, I wouldn't say I have a mentor, to be honest. No? No. Because that changes everything. I know. I, yeah, I don't know. I haven't had the chance to, because like every clinic I worked at, I was always the only chiropractor there. So I've never had mentorship from another chiropractor, um, unfortunately. But yeah, that's the way it is sometimes, I guess. Yeah, but uh, I don't mean mentorship in a way of chiropractor only. I mean, right. I have some friends that are the age of my mother. They're in their mid-60s. Yeah. But the type of exchange, they like one of them comes to mind. He's a lawyer from the U.S. and he came. Immigrant parents come from nothing and he's worth millions now. Right. Hard work, hard work, and hard work. Yeah. We met on a deep sea diving trip in Belize. Oh, we were awesome. on the same boat. Yeah. I'm a big, uh, well, since this pandemic crap, I can't leave and we can't really go diving. But right. The, um, the relationship that I've built with him over the years, like this is almost four years ago. Yeah. And him and I speak, we send email to each other all the time. Like he was just criticizing my, uh, he sent me an email criticizing my podcast and my <laughs> YouTube channel. Was like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> but that's the type of guy that I want. Like I want yeah. somebody that's smarter than me, that has more experience yeah. than me, that will call my bullshit. Yeah. But this is more what I meant by uh, mentorship. Because as much as we're friends, like yeah. I consider him a very close friend of mine now. Right. He still has kind of that father figure, like mentor. Right. But he doesn't know what I do. Yeah. But that's not the point. Yeah. Isn't so what I meant by my question is not necessarily attached to chiropractic. Right. Just in general, though. Because mentors, mentors are generalists. They're there to kind of make you understand, have you ever thought about doing it that way? Yeah. And then they leave. They just put a <laughs> big fucking question mark in all your plans to say, hmm, damn, maybe they do have a point. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because I wouldn't say I have a mentor that does that, but my wife does that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and and <laughs> no, I, I, I tell her all the time, I literally married, I like, I want to marry you because you think so differently from me that this only opportunity to learn. And so, um, you know, sometimes that means we butt heads on certain things, but a lot of the time I, I'm a pretty stubborn guy. So she'll throw it out there. I'll say, no, no way. And after like three days of sleeping on it, I'm like, fuck, damn, she was right. <laughs> and then I go back to her with my tail between my legs and be like, you know, you're right. And, I, a lot of my, I, I guess if you were to say I was successful, a lot of my success is because of her. And and she gives me such a different perspective. She's an artist, by the way. So she, even by trade, completely opposite from being like a clinician or a yeah, doctor yeah. of any sort, right? So um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's great though. There's an old saying that says that uh, behind every successful man, there's an even more, there's a smarter woman. Yeah. There's normally... <laughs> Don't think. Look at this podcast, for example. I'm the one that that's going to talk. I'm I'm the talent, as much as we can call it. Yeah. But Miriam is the one, exactly like you were saying, and she's as you were saying that that you go back to your <laughs> wife with your tail behind your legs or between your legs. Sorry, she's looking at me. She's like, uh -huh, "You heard that, motherfucker?" <laughs> like she, she's giving you that spot. <laughs> so, so I I fully fully understand what you're saying. You, yeah. you have to. I think this is the biggest mistake that I've ever done in my life is not choose a life partner for the challenge that they will bring to you. Yeah. Because you need to have somebody that's not going to agree with everything that's going to... I think it's important, yeah, um, to have someone... I, I'm very growth-oriented. I think life is all about growing, mm -hmm. growing till the day you die. 
And if you only have someone,、um, if you only surround yourself with people who are just going to agree with you, you're not going to get that. Well, they say that one of the biggest mistakes that we can make is surround ourselves、uh, by people. One, I've explained this before, and you, I don't know if you're going to agree, but there's only two types of people. You, you can literally split the type of people you're going to meet in your life、mm-hmm. into groups people that are going to bring me up, people that are going to bring you down. Yeah. And another thing that I find that I've read quite a lot that's very important is always if you're the smartest people in your group, you're not in the right group. Yeah, I agree with that sentiment.、Yeah. You, you need to be surrounded by people that are going to challenge you, they're going to、yeah. question you.、Um, Miriam, correct me if I'm wrong, but is that, has it been like 56 minutes or so right now? 55 minutes, yeah? Man, time flies.、Uh, I, I like to end the podcast by the same question. It's.、Um, Knowing what you know now, let's say you had your, 15, your 14 year old self in front of you. Yeah. Knowing what you know now, what would you say to that,、uh, that teenager? He probably looked exactly the same as he does now because.、Uh, you know, I, you know I, knew, I knew my wife when I was 14, but she hated my guts back then because I teased her real bad one time. So I would have been, <laughs> been like, you should, have, you should not do that to her. <laughs> No, all jokes aside,、uh, honestly, I would just tell myself to trust the process a little bit more.、Um, you know, if you put, if you put honest and, t- and、uh, work out there with lots of integrity, you'll, you'll, you'll get there eventually, kind of thing. Yeah. Very simple message. Yeah. Life is simple when you, when you just break it down to what it is.、Eh? Yeah. Any,、um, any final thoughts, any final words that you want to put out there? Um. No, 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 Miriam, <laughs> stop it. He doesn't need to be talking about his wife. He can, but don't. I would,、uh, I would say, you know, if you're struggling with success、um, or finding happiness, a lot of the time it's because、uh, you haven't really looked wide or far enough.、Mm. And I think.、Um, It's something that's always in your grasp and something that's always a little far away. And it's both here and there at the same time. So I think it's really important to realize that. That's a great message. Listen, we'll,、um, we'll end it on this. I will wish you the, the biggest luck with your clinic. I'm very, very happy that you took this step to go under other people's thumb. <laughs> and now you are more directly controlling your destiny, if I can say it that way. All the power to you, man. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me on this pack- podcast. It's been really fun. Pleasure was all ours, believe me. And-